0: A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away. As Emperor Palpatine issues Order 66, declaring all Jedi the enemies of the Republic, darkness envelops the galaxy. Jedi who escape the initial purge are hunted like animals by the Emperor's clone troopers. The very soldiers the Jedi had fought with side by side now turn against their brothers and sisters in arms. Jedi Knight Jalar Quito was on a diplomatic mission when he discovered two youngling stowaways each seeking their own adventure. In the aftermath of Order 66, the Jedi Knight and the two younglings may be all that's left of the once powerful Jedi Order. But with the damaged ship and the soldiers of the newly declared Galactic Empire closing in, Knight Kida finds himself running out of options and desperate for a way to keep the younglings alive. The camera opens on A shuttlecraft it's beaten to heck there is signs of blaster damage ion cannon damage to the hull one of the engines is smoking Uh, it is limping through space inside three sentient beings are exhausted
1: Cass as he is called right now a youngling human youngling black hair green eyes he's carrying what looks to be some sort of power converters in his hand trying to get them to uh to the man who was is who was ordering and it's one of those voices that the the man's using one of those voices that convey i am trying to be calm but things are happening and i i need you to do this it's very commanding but it's strained it's strained from exhaustion and uh Cass immediately runs towards the engine room. Uh, He trips on the last uh, bit of flooring as he gets just to the door. He falls forward. Uh, The youngling, probably 10 years old, drops all the power converter converters. They all scatter at the feet of, who is it?
0: Uh, Another youngling. She's about 13. She is a Zeltron. She has a rosy pink skin and long blue hair that is tied back. She is also dressed as a, a, young, a youngling from the Jedi Temple. She has one green eye and one gray eye.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, I, 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 I tried to get the power converters from
0: Cass, Why are you always breaking things? No,
1: it's not my fault. Uh, the power converters in the in, in the the cargo bay they they were all damaged during the last attack. So I had to go and take apart all the appliances. But I think those should be able to work. Um That that's what Master. Uh, uh, that's what Knight Kito uh, 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 said.
0: He's gonna be so mad, they're all dinged up now!
1: Well, I don't- I'm sorry! Uh, of course, Cass immediately falls to his knees and, like, pushes them into his arms again, trying to c- carry them, but he's more of a waddle as he moves towards the engine hull, which is basically- uh, where he sees just smoke coming out of it, and he hears clanking coming from the inside as someone's desperately trying to get the hyperdrive into some working order. Um, um uh, Night Kita. What? Uh, I'm. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, um- do I, I, you have
0: those power converters? Yes, yes,
1: sir. I'm sorry. Cassian hands him a couple, then drops a few at the near the edge, and then just backs away, shaking, clearly terrified of this man.
0: The the camera pans over so you can see who's at work, and it is a Zabrak. He has the telltale horns as well as facial tattoos of a member of the Zabrak race. He is an adult male. Wearing what perhaps once were Jedi robes, but have definitely no one has ever seen a Jedi in this state of disrepair.
1: And, of course, Castian, he's uh, kind of lingering as he's looking down at all the uh, the, the mishmash of wires, the, the broken spanners. Basically, the man has Frankensteined uh, some sort of engine that would work right now. Or basically, yeah, he, he's converted enough of it, uh, taking stuff from the life support just to get this engine in hyperdrive maybe back
0: online. Mm-hmm. An alarm starts going off. An alarm clacks. It's and it's a proximity alarm. Oh, no. They found us. They
1: found us. What are we going to do? I, I, uh, and, of course, Cassian looks, uh, he's grabs onto uh, Niana's hand, and he's just kind of uh, he's staring down at the Zabrak, who is probably scurrying out of the hole right now. Yes,
0: he he jumps out with uh, with force-guided ease, uh, covering half the length of the ship in one in one bound, uh, running to the main control panels.
1: Do I? Do you want me to flick the switch?
0: Don't flip the switch. Okay. What do I? What do you want us to do? Stay out of my way. Okay. Okay. I'm sorry.
1: And of course, they, uh, knowing that this has been happening for the last couple weeks, uh, Niana and uh, Cass uh, immediately scurry towards. Um, a seating area where they they like, flop down in the seats and start uh, wrestling to get their uh, uh, the restraints on. Uh, of course, uh, Cass' his restraints uh, aren't really getting working properly, uh, and so Niana has to kind of tie them and Frankenstein them to work to keep him glued to a seat.
0: Can't you even buckle in a restraint, Cass? These are danger. These these were damaged too. And Epithy, the console, Knight uh, Kita. Hitting control panels, trying to make the ship respond.
1: I told you we shouldn't ran away. We could have been at the temple with everybody else. And everybody else is dead. No, they're not. You don't know that, okay?
0: Yes, we do. Shut up. You shut up. And it is, in fact, uh, uh, Night Kita who, who steps in, uh, and he physically separates the two of you. The, the restraints practice just pop away as he li- physically lifts Cass out of his seat. Huh. There's rage simmering on the knight's face. Obviously, this is extremely disconcerting, uh, but he takes a moment, still holding Cass inches from his face before setting the boy down.
1: Yeah, Cass is just shivering, uh, probably. I'm going to say he didn't piss himself, but <laughs> it was close. It was a close call.
0: Uh, and Kita is going to kneel down in front of the two younglings, bringing himself down to their level. It doesn't look good. You are old enough now that I'm not going to lie to you. I think there's one option left to get you out of here alive. I don't want to do it, but we're going to have to separate.
1: Where would we go? I mean, I'm looking around the shuttle confused since we're in a shuttle, unless there's an escape pod.
0: There's a station not far from here. I'm going to take you there.
1: And, And for how long?
0: I don't know okay. until the danger passes.
1: Okay, yeah, that okay. Uh, he just uh, uh, casts, diverts his eyes, not wanting to look at the uh, the, the gaze of the zebrac anymore because Zabrak's are scary, uh, especially to a ten year old. And he kind of just nods and he reaches out to try to take uh, Niana's hand, who and she just kind of pulls it away because. She's a 13-year-old girl babysitting <laughs> a 10-year-old. Basically, he's just looking at the ground, uh, trying to be brave, and kind of succeeding, but clearly failing. Absolutely. This is... it's, a, it's a successful failure. Of, <laughs> I am conveying that I'm brave, but I'm scared shitless, and we all know this.
0: Especially amongst force users.
1: Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm totally fine, and no,
0: not so no, much. nope. The ship hums to life, seeming to give some sort of last gasp as it pushes forward. You can, Deanna and Cass can both see on scanners that there is a very large ship in pursuit.
1: My character moves over towards like the sensors. The screen is cracked. The monitor is barely functioning, flickering, and he kind of pushes away some of the uh, broken debris and he, and he leans forward and he's like trying to read the uh, arabesh uh, writing there and he finally looks towards the the night and says this says the station's owned by huts
0: it's the nearest one okay
1: and my character just kind of nods and he sits there the only duty that he's really supposed to do is just read the censors back if mm-hmm. when the guy yells so he sits there and he puts the uh, sits in a seat and he straps himself in
0: and it is a slow crawl whatever ship is following you seems to be content with letting you wear yourselves out mm-hmm. for while. It is gaining on you. It is not at any sort of alarming pace. So it takes you about an hour or two to reach the, the hut station mm-hmm. and the, the night docks. It's a rough landing. Landing gear is completely shot. The, the ship is falling apart around you. You dock and the, the ship begins to um, to put down the landing gear and, and open uh, the, the airlock, the knight quickly strips off his robes.
1: And yeah, my character just, he's this, this time uh, Niana is letting him uh, hold her hand as they just kind of make themselves the small, smallest people they can in the corner of the ship.
0: Remove your robes.
1: And yeah. My character quickly, they, they look at each other and, and quickly start stripping down mm-hmm. to just their, their pants and their shirts and stuff yep. like that.
0: Something that makes you look as uh, relatively like, just an average kid. Yeah, the first time in quite a while that you've been able to carry off that look.
1: Cool. He reaches out to me, grabs my braid, and cuts it uh, with a, a, a sharpened spanner, and tosses it to the
0: side. And does the same for Nienna as well. Come.
1: Yeah, yeah. He's. Uh, I'm. I am no rest for the wicked. Yep. Absolutely following this guy.
0: As you, the two, uh, as the three of you leave the ship. Uh, you hear another al- proximity alarm uh, going off. One that means that there is uh, hostiles in the immediate vicinity. Kita doesn't pay it any mind as he rushes off of into the the sh- the, the docking bay uh, with the two younglings in tow. He flags down one of the first huts that he sees, and the two of them have. A brief but intense conversation. In Hutties. Yes. So I
1: can't understand. So me and Niana just sitting there scared, occasionally trading looks at each other or occasionally looking at some of the aliens because this is Hut space. We're seeing aliens we probably have never seen before. Just Mm -hmm. weird out there. I mean, in the inner core – Especially in Coruscant, you see a lot of humans and you see a lot of like aliens that look kind of human, but they have horns. Here is like you're, we're seeing things like verpine and lizard people and just all str- parts of strange creatures.
0: After a minute or two at most, Kita comes back and he kneels in front of the two of you again. This hut is going to take care of you. Hut?
1: My character doesn't know a lot about huts, but he knows enough that they're not good people.
0: It's the only way to keep you alive. What about you? He puts a, a hand on uh, each of the younglings' shoulders. Look out for yourselves. Don't let anyone know where you come from. I'll come back for you. And he stands and whooshes away back to the uh, back to the shuttle.
1: Actually, um, if it's okay, uh, he heads off towards a uh, an older shuttle. Clearly, what he traded the hut for.
0: Yes, so he starts walking back towards what was your, your shuttle, but then you notice that there's a different hut going up into it, and so the knight walks past it to another one. Similar size, but uh, it's of a, a make that you don't recognize. Obviously, it's some sort of alien shuttle.
1: I would say, yeah, some sort of maybe fighter, some uh, Z fighter, or some something along those lines. Just like basically a junkyard fighter. It's a mishmash of uh, parts that are thrown together. Probably has a hyperdrive, but not a very good one in it. It's probably a single seat or two.
0: Yep, he doesn't uh, need much space as he gets in the shuttle and the fighter and takes off, leaving the two of you alone with a hut.
1: My character slowly turns towards the hut and uh, opts immediately that uh, Niana is going to be the brave one to talk. And he hides behind the, uh, Niana's uh, shoulder
0: the the hut doesn't bother talking to either of you he grabs each of your arms with one of his slimy hands and drags the two of you deeper into the space station so the two younglings are dragged into a dark hallway into the hut station and when the ca- the camera fades into blackness following them. Going to pull back out and it is 13 years later we're on a it's a dark night dark rainy uh, we're in a city some anonymous rundown bizarre sort of market uh, we see a hooded figure dashing through the the stalls walking with purpose
1: uh, the hooded figure, he uh, pauses briefly uh, near uh, one of the shutdown stands. The bazaar is uh, it's closed for the uh, night. Uh, a lot of people have packed up. If not packed up, they're packing up mm-hmm. right now because this is uh, they have a curfew in this town. That's it's getting close to it. My character pauses looking at some knickknacks that have been left out. Uh, the man immediately, the shop owner immediately putting them away and waving the uh, the man off. Uh, the, uh, the cloaked figure pauses briefly turns his head to the side slightly as if sensing someone behind him. And then he kind of uh, pushes his cloak further around him and continues moving uh, towards what looks to be like a darkened alley, maybe leading towards like where a docking bay could be uh, for uh, land vehicles.
0: And uh, the camera pans back and reveals that there is another figure following our hooded figure. This uh, person walks Furtively, dashing from from hiding spot to hiding spot, from shadow to shadow, from alley to alley, obviously on the hunt. Yep,
1: yeah, the uh, cloaked figure, uh, uh, he plays the victim very well. He pauses occasionally, darts his head left and right, looking around as if wondering what could possibly, why is he feeling so uh, worried about something? And he just tries to ignore it and continues walking down the alleyway until he gets towards a kind of an opened... Uh, Uh, it's kind of like a crossroads for where the uh, alleys meet. So it's a nice kind of a circular area right now. And he pauses uh, just kind of waiting in the mouth of one of the uh, darkened uh, alleys.
0: There's uh, a couple of natives of the planet who are standing nearby gossiping, talking about the string of murders that have been happening here. Uh, How there's some, Boogeyman haunting the shadows, killing people apparently at random.
1: My character tosses him a glance, glowers, and it quickly picks up his pace as he moves deeper into the alleyway, trying to uh, uh, put enough distance between him and this uh, bad feeling he has uh, in his gut.
0: And at one point, this hooded figure turns around, sure that there's somebody right on his heels. And there's nothing there.
1: Pauses. Let's out of breath and turns back toward and kind of slows his pacing as he turns back around to start walking uh, towards me. As
0: you turn back around, as the hooded figure turns back around, there is the figure that had been following him standing right at the end of the alley.
1: Um, I, I assure you, I don't have enough credits to make this worthwhile, sir. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm as broke as they come. I can
0: smell it on you
1: I have no idea what you're talking about, but I assure you i I am my uh, I have a room and lounge i, I it has a sonic shower. I'll make sure to um, bathe immediately and get the cinch off of me uh as soon as possible.
0: You've breathed your last breath, and from the uh the sleeve of the robe, uh, a very familiar weapon hilt appears. Psst. A lightsaber cuts through the night.
1: Oh, you have one of those weapons. That he looks to the side, mumbling, is very unexpected. He turns port back towards the man. Why are you doing this?
0: Because. With every person I kill, with every user of the force that falls under my blade, I draw the Inquisition closer and prove and can prove my worth to be among them.
1: Oh, you're just insane. Oh, this is just delightful. Very well.
0: Your death will bring me closer to the heart of the Empire.
1: My character pulls out his blaster and takes aim.
0: And uh, give me a roll.
1: Yeah, sure. And I have a handy dandy app to help us with this. And uh, this is ranged uh, light. Yes, I do have stuff in the range light. I would hope so. I have one success. Oh, oh, and then you get. Tell me. Too uh, difficult.
0: Too. Uh, yeah. Too, too difficult. Two black guy? Uh, Two purple.
1: <laughs> I just sometimes I forget how to use this thing. I just deleted my result. Okay. Rolling. And the explosion is the... Success. Success. I have one... Yeah, I have one explosion, one uh, disadvantage, I believe.
0: Yes. So, okay. One threat. One th-
1: threat, as they call
0: it. <laughs> Your blaster, uh, the bolt, connects with the person's arm, knocking them off balance, um, they collide into a stack of crates that had been piled along the side of the alley, knocking them to the ground.
1: Uh, my character he's going to continue. He's going to walk forward, just continually, continuously taking uh, deliberate shots towards this uh, prone figure.
0: And as the the figure has fallen, you, the the hood falls back. You can see that it is the uh, a human male. Who's fallen to the ground? His face is sunken, just skin and bones. There's uh, scarring on his face. Looks like he's been performing some sort of ritual on his own skin.
1: My character just continues unloading at what he can uh, towards this man, not wanting him to get up. Uh, he's actually taking aim towards his lightsaber hand to try to uh, disarm him if he can.
0: All right, give me a shot.
1: It's gonna try. And I'm sure this is going to be a couple more uh, difficulty because I'm aiming.
0: Yes, this is going to be four difficulty. You have destiny points, a destiny point you can spend if you wish to upgrade one of your dice. Oh, wow. Okay.
1: I have three successes, one triumph, and six disadvantages. <laughs> I succeeded, but I, I, I there's a horrific disadvantage that goes along with this.
0: Oh my goodness!
1: But I succeeded, and I have a triumph.
0: Yes. So you were aiming at the the lightsaber. Yes. You take a uh, you you back this this prone figure into a corner, um, shooting shot after deliberate shot, really nailing down on that uh, the, the the lightsaber, and the lightsaber begins to spark until. It explodes. Yeah, that makes sense. (laughs) Take five wounds.
1: And I have defense, so that reduces it by one, I believe. So I take four wounds.
0: Yep, plus you've got soak.
1: Does soak work for wounds? Yes. So you said five wounds? Yep. And I have four, so it'd be four wounds, so four soak gets zero. Yep. Yep, my character is launched back slamming into one of the dumpsters nearby kind of like rattling him and he blinks a, f- a few times he's like that's unexpected <laughs> and he's uh stumbling to his feet and he's turning back around towards the man to see if he's there
0: he is still there he's pulling himself up his hand was lost in the explosion so there's just blood streaming from end of one arm uh as he pulls himself to his feet, looks at you, pulls his, his lips back to uh, into uh, a scowl. Uh, he's sharp, Even though he's human, he has sharp teeth. He's filed them down. Mm-hmm. I don't need a lightsaber to destroy the likes of you! And he's going to run at you.
1: As Just as he's about to get to me, my character says, well, I do. And he's flipping, uh, he's going to do, I think I have quick draw. So do we do initiative?
0: Yes. Roll me a uh, See, you, you were prepared for this, so roll cool.
1: Cool, and I do have quick draw, so it makes this an incidental or whatever those are yes. called. Okay, I have a, I got three successes.
0: Okay, yes, three, that beats his two uh, two successes. So, you go first. He's running at you. Ah!
1: And, and I'm shrieking, shrieking, and my character is just letting him bring his momentum for it. As my character thrusts his arm out, uh, suddenly a lightsaber coming out of his sleeve, and he grips the end of it and just activates it. <sharp inhale> and reaches him, and he's trying to just pierce the man's heart if he can, or just pierce him, I guess. All right, pierce him in such a way.
0: Roll me lightsaber with one one difficulty,
1: and I have a three success again with a one. Uh, one advantage. advantage
0: yes so you're des- describe what happens as the man, the the man runs into your lightsaber
1: i since uh, angela just informed gave me the nod that i killed him he uh, runs forward just as my blade activates and he, he, Kicks, uh, hits him right in the uh, stomach. My character charges forward, slamming him against the wall of the blade, piercing the stone behind him easily enough. Must have stru- uh, struck some sort of steam pipe there as well, because suddenly a steam erupts from the hole that's in his stomach now, kind of bathing us in his like, red vapor. My character leans forward, growling a bit. And that's when suddenly uh, he hears the march of of boots, a very familiar sound of organized boots around him. And he looks over his shoulder.
0: And uh, a small squadron of stormtroopers turned the corner.
1: Uh, My character pauses as they kind of, there's this awkward moment of, Oh hi! You know, as they both didn't really expect each other, and as they move towards with their blasters raised, my character spins the blade around, bisecting the man, and turns back towards the uh, stormtroopers. Holds out a hand, and there's a scarred insignia on there. He's like, "Hold it, Agent Saya of the Imperial Order. This rebel has been neutralized. Collect that for me, will you?" He uh, deactivates his red lightsaber, hands it to his uh, ins- uh, into his coat. And uh, moves towards the uh, squad captain, wiping some of the red ma- uh, red off of his face, uh, some of the red vapor from the man. And uh, he turns towards the squad leader, flashes him an actual and organized badge other than just not a scar on his hand. And says, bag everything here, send it to these, co- uh, these coordinates, and uh, have one of your doctors do an examination on this man. Basic examination, make sure he's not diseased. I'm sure he is. Uh, make sure he's fine for transport. I will be at this docking bay in three hours. Don't be late. Of course, sir. And my character moves off. Inquisitor Saya,
0: Disappearing into the night.
1: That's not your song.
0: You haven't earned the right to that song.
1: Yep, my character just walks, uh, walks away, uh, uh. Back towards his docking bay. Uh, He's giving him three hours to collect everything and do a quick examination to make sure he's not transporting like a parasite with him.
0: And three hours later, on the dot, your cargo is delivered with a clear bill of health.
1: Other than him being dead.
0: Other than that small detail.
1: Uh, My character is in the meantime, uh, he's looking at the uh, lightsaber that the man had. Well, the remains of the burnt lightsaber, just uh, looking it over, wondering... You know, just kind of, uh, can I get a sense of where he got this from? Is it, uh, is it high quality? Is this something that he kind of found? Like, is it a relic? Is it, I know it's damage like, whoa, but can I do some sort of lore to see if maybe this man used to be a Jedi or something?
0: Uh, yes. Give me a lore roll. Great. I think I do have lore. Do I have lore? I, everybody, you have every skill. It's well, just whether lore. you have ranks in it. It's your intellect, if nothing else. Yes. Uh, difficulty one.
1: Oh, yeah, two, and I'm actually rocking these out. Two and uh, one victory? One triumph? One, one no,
0: that's uh one advantage. One advantage. Two, yep, so two successes, one advantage. So, yes, you know that uh, you can tell from the the frayed remains and just how it was acting. You know, the fact that it exploded, mm-hmm. that's not how a lightsaber should respond to blaster fire. Right. So, obviously, this was something that was kind of cobbled together. Uh, Definitely not a relic. You can't tell what kind of crystal was uh, was powering it. That was either destroyed in the blast or lost in the the detritus of the alley. But it was some sort of of homemade relatively recently.
1: Okay. Uh, My character uh, stops the squadron and says, try to find out his home, collect everything there and see where he found the schematics for a lightsaber. Those are, that is illegal. If anybody's living in his house, I want them uh, detained immediately and shipped off to the nearest detention center. I will, one of our colleagues will be back to interrogate them later on. I'll be on my way, sir. Yes, sir. And my character's moving onto his ship and uh, he's heading back towards Coruscant just to make his report and to drop off the latest remains for uh, someone. They, they want the remains sometimes. He doesn't ask questions.
0: You give your crew the order to lay in the course to Coruscant. You have a, a skeleton crew. There's not very many uh, people that you trust to be around you, quite frankly, all the time. I don't even know their names.
1: I don't even care. So yeah, sure. I may. I don't even recognize the faces as I walk in. Uh, I just look at the insignias on their shoulder.
0: The only other life form that uh, you allow on the bridge with you after the course is laid in is your R3 astromech droid.
1: R3b1. How are we doing? Delightful. All right. So the course is set in, activate, and I will be in my quarters. And alert me if we if there's any priority messages Uh Yep, yeah, my character's off. He's moving towards uh, his quarters. Uh, he's, he opens up his uh, his quarters. Uh, they're relatively small. A, a nice bed, a nice uh, that has like drawers underneath it for his clothing. Um, a closet in the area, but it is covered with shelves, and each shelf is filled he with some sort of model, either like a. a Corellian ship in a bottle or some sort of uh, little knick-knack that's been uh, carefully preserved, probably taken apart, reassembled and carefully preserved, almost like trophies to him. And uh, he moves towards uh, his desk and he drops a uh, one of the boxes uh, a box that he was carrying with him onto the desk and sits down opening it up and inside is uh, what looks to be some sort of uh, toy so it looks like a ball like a bb-8 almost uh, that rolls around he looks over it and he slams it a few times uh busting it open and he starts taking it apart and then he spends the rest of his trip uh, carefully organizing all the parts and various like an, into like a little bin so he can start working on them later on
0: It takes a couple of days to get from the Outer Rim back to Coruscant.
1: We're on the corner of, like, Wild Space, so I'm not surprised.
0: Uh, And when you are a day out of Coruscant, uh, you've been left alone for your your journey. Everybody on the crew, nobody wants to risk crossing you until about a day before you're due to arrive in Coruscant, you receive a message from R3B1.
1: Go Bones! What is it? Yeah, I look at the translator on like the little screen that translates all the beeps and the bloops.
0: Priority message from T.
1: Hm, mm, of course. Of course I was wondering when he was going to bug me. Excellent. A uh, delay on the hyper dru- uh, hyper space jump. I need to take this. Get us a clearest signal as you can and I'll take it from here, Bone. And he uh wait goes to like a side panel and taps on like uh, it's a hollow projector that's it's b- it's very basic. Uh, you don't get a lot of details, but it's it is a hologram that is like a core a couple meters tall. Nothing too big.
0: So, and it would just be a message. It's not, or is it two-way?
1: It could be a two-way if you want. Or, uh, or it could be a message.
0: So it'll be a message.
1: Oh, okay. Then never mind. Uh, so, a message. Delay going to hyperspace. Let me read this first. And he opens it up. He opens up the message.
0: You see a very familiar face projected in the hologram. It is your mentor, High Inquisitor Tremaine.
1: Looking as beautiful as ever, Tremaine. He mumbles as he uh, sips his calf and leans back into his seat.
0: Tremaine is a uh, very tall and imposing gentleman, even when he's miniaturized into a hollow projection. Half of his face, the right side, has been replaced with cybernetics. And you can see he wears a a long sleeve jacket, but you can see that his right hand has also been replaced with a cyber limb. And the recording says... Agent Saya, when you return to Coruscant, you are to report directly to me. You have new orders.
1: I always have new orders. No rest for the wicked, as they say. All right, boners, unless there's another message, plot a course to Coruscant. This is the final jump. Do not interrupt me unless it's an emergency. I got work to do, and he looks back towards the uh, toy, the ball that he's been working on, and it's, it, it almost looks like it's, uh, it's finished. And he reaches out, takes uh, a, a very thin uh, tool, and starts leaning forward uh, and messing with the gears, trying to get them back into working order after he smashed them.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of the Fandible Solo Shot, Star Wars, Force, and Destiny. Please follow Fandible on Twitter and Facebook, and share this episode on social media. You can also leave a review for Fandable on iTunes or your podcatcher of choice to help others find us and enjoy games like this one. We can also be found on Patreon if you wish to make a monthly donation that helps us keep our equipment up to date and travel to gaming conventions to meet listeners like you. But most importantly, always remember, may the Force be with you. Before wrapping this episode, I'd like to give a quick shout-out to the Acadacon 2017 Kickstarter, which runs through May 16th. Acadicon is a gaming convention organized by the RPG Academy podcast in Dayton, Ohio, and this year will be held November 10th through 12th. Several members of Fandable attended last year, and this year we're attending as special guests. We'd love to see you at Acadacon, but first the Kickstarter has to fund. If you're interested in a fun weekend of gaming, I hope you'll check out Acadacon now live on Kickstarter.